It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. The following podcast contains explicit language. Welcome to Mom and Dad Are Fighting, Slate's parenting podcast for Thursday, February 18th, the Sunday Night Blues edition. I'm Jamila Lemieux, a writer, contributor to Slate's Care and Feeding Parenting column, and the co-host of Slate's new Wednesday Night Live program, Wild or Wise, and most importantly, mom to Naima, who is seven, and we live in Los Angeles, California. I'm Elizabeth Newcamp. I write the homeschool and family travel blog, Dutch Dutch Goose. And I'm the mom to three littles, Henry, who's eight, Oliver, who's six, and Teddy, who's four. And we live in Navarre, Florida. I'm Zenobia Stevens, the CEO and founder of Black Kids Adventures. I have three sons, eight, eight, five, and two. And we live in Huntsville, Alabama. Zenobia, it is so nice to have you here today. I should share that... Zenobia is my stepsister. Yes. My father, her mother were in a very long-term loving relationship. And even though they're no longer together, they're good friends. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, we are extended family sisters. But Elizabeth and Zenobia had connected over Zenobia's work. And do you want to tell the story, Elizabeth? We were taking a trip to um, Alabama and I was, you know, going through Instagram and it's like, this woman and her beautiful family are doing all the things I want to do. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I was able to connect with Zenobia and just get lots of hints about uh, where to go. And then also found out, you know, the work that she does getting kids into nature and just love the kind of tips and stuff she's always posting about how to do that. That's definitely something that I try to do with the kids. And then she messaged me after I posted something (laughs) Jamila on your Instagram. And I think at that moment, Jamil and I hatched a plan to get Zenobia on the show with us. <laughs> yes. And luckily, Dan, uh, being the slacker that he is, gave us an opportunity by taking yet another week off. So we were so happy to have you here. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you. On today's show, we've got a question about a tween who is really struggling with going back to school as soon as Sunday evening hits. And then we'll debate if large age gaps between kids really leads to emotional distance and weak bonds between siblings. I sure hope not because I kind of still want to have another baby. And on our Slate Plus bonus segment, we'll be talking with Zenobia about getting your kids outdoors, which is especially challenging in the dregs of winter. So before we jump into this week's question, Zenobia, can you tell us about your mission to get families and their children, particularly Black families, experiencing the great outdoors? Yes, for sure. So first of all, I want to say that, you know, we just began this organization last June. So it is still brand, brand new. It basically kind of grew out of a place of just 
not really seeing Black families out doing the things that my family enjoys doing. So we wanted to create a community that would encourage more Black families to come out and, you know, get involved with the outdoors and pretty much find a way to take up activities in a way that makes sense for them. So we created Black Kids Adventures. And while it's called Kids, it's really not just for children. It's geared towards the entire family. I believe that it's really important to pull the whole family unit in in order to really kind of make a change for the next generation. So if you have the family out, participating in these adventures together, even if the parents are a little reluctant, I think that they kind of pick up on the children's energy and it becomes more of a norm. So Black Kids Adventures, we go to camp down in Alabama. Families get the opportunity to uh, kayak. They get an opportunity to canoe. We go rock climbing. We go hiking, um, swimming in, you know, canyons. It's really just the ultimate outdoor experience. And we provide that free of charge to families just to simply get them to engage with the outdoors. Before you started your organization, you had been doing Black adventure stuff for families via your blog and Instagram account, right? Where you're sharing things that folks can go out and do right now. So can you plug those? Absolutely. So my family blog is Black Adventure Crew or at Black Adventure Crew. We on Facebook as well as um, Instagram. We have a website, which is BlackAdventureCrew.com. The two do sometimes get confusing. A lot of people kind of end up (laughs) pushing it all together. They'll be like, what about the Black Adventure Crew kids? And, you know, (laughs) that's okay. You'll be able to find us at either one. But through that, we simply just hope to inspire people by allowing them to see what we're doing. They can, you know, hopefully go out and do some of those things. Zenobia, I'm going to be hitting you up because I'm finally out of excuses because we were in New York before. So I was like, oh, that's nice. Well, unfortunately, I live in a place where you can't go outside. (laughs) And now, now we are in Los Angeles where there's mountains and all types of shit here outside. (laughs) I'm willing to give it another shot for the kids. It's for the kids. For sure. The kids. Well, you'll hear lots more from Zenobia about getting your kids outside, uh, which is particularly challenging during the winter. Maybe for some of you all who aren't used to having challenging winters, but she's got lots of ideas. So if you are a Slate Plus subscriber, you will get to enjoy that. In the meantime, let's get started with triumphs and fails. Elizabeth, you first. Do you have a triumph or a fail for us this week? And I'm not counting, but I feel like. You've been a little fail heavy lately. Yeah, yeah. I've been fail heavy trying to turn those into wins. And we're going to get another one here. (laughs) In fact, I think the family would agree that um, it was a fail. But it's an outdoor adventuring story. So I I bet that Zenobia will side with me that this was really a triumph. (laughs) Okay, so we took the kids this weekend. We had a long weekend with the President's Day holiday to go camping in the Okefenokee Swamp of Georgia, which is something growing up in Georgia we'd always studied and I hadn't been. It's kind of on the Florida side of Georgia. So I was like, oh, it's not that far. We should go there. The weather here has been like terrible, tons of rain, kind of dipping temperatures. But, you know, having brought the children up in the Netherlands. There's no bad weather, just bad clothing. So uh, we got all our rain gear and headed out to the Okefenokee Swamp. When you get there, there's a Georgia State Park that we were at, and you can rent a boat and go out into the swamp. That's the thing to do. So I thought we would be renting canoes. That's what we typically do. Jeff is the one who made the arrangements and arranged for a motorboat. And when we got there, there was some kind of 
misunderstanding because all the boats are like parked and we're walking to the boats and we're walking by these like nicer boats and we get into boat number three (laughs) which looks like something it's like way far away from the visitor center we have to walk all the way down this dock it's rough guys it's like so rough that when we when the motor comes on and off it kind of like jumps up and you have to hold it down and the kids are already like I thought we were going to be in canoes like what is this and I'm like no this is better we can all be in one boat you know trying to really like like Jeff made all these arrangements I want this to be fun so we head out it looked kind of stormy but it wasn't it wasn't raining yet and we're seeing all these gators and because the sun is out the gators are just like laying out in the sun we have nice views we're staying in the center of the water and the plan was to go to this island and get out and hike a little bit and come back so we do that we get out on the island to hike and we can like start to hear the thunder and the rain clouds are coming and so we're like okay well we need to get back in our like metal boat and get back to the visitor center so we get in there but at this point now because it's cloudy the gators are now more active apparently that's what happens and jeff is like trying to bring the kids over to see one and this rather large one like is like putting it's 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 moving at us and it starts to kind of swim <laughs> towards us and Jeff is like let's see what happens and the kids are all screaming and then no joke the heavens just open up and it is like pouring rain now and Oliver <laughs> looks at Jeff and like in his scream crying is like you think this is all fun and games you're joking and our lives are at risk <laughs> And then he gets under my poncho. I have this like giant poncho. He's like under my poncho. He's crying. Jeff and I are like laughing hysterically. The boat is like filling with water. We, I mean, it was like blinding rain. It was, it was, there was no way in which this was a good situation. We did make it back to the visitor center. We like unload Henry and Teddy first. And I say to Henry, take Teddy and run to the shed with the life jacket. (laughs) So they do that. We're trying to like get everybody else out of the boat. Long story short, we got in the wrong boat. If we had been in the other boat, boat number 30, not three, (laughs) we would have been a little more elevated from the water. But you know what? Now the kids are telling the story when we told their grandparents, like they were the ones that faced this adventure so brave. And so, you know, that they are like amazing because they survived this gator attack and this pouring rain. Um... (laughs) When, in fact, like, I will forever remember their, like, shrieks and screaming at us that we were bad parents and had endangered them. Uh, but overall, if you're going to have an Okie Finoki swamp experience, I'm counting it as a win. <laughs> I agree with you. Definitely a win. <laughs> so adventurous and so memorable. A win yeah. for sure. I think the survival is a win. If nothing else, if you nothing made it. Else. If nothing else, you're still here. What about you, Zenobia? Do you have a triumph or a fail? Um, It's a little bit of both. I guess let's rewind to last summer first. My middle son started getting car sick when we would, you know, go on our adventures. Like, it could be 30 minutes, two hours, doesn't matter. He gets car sick, we have to pull over, and, you know, he's going to take care of himself, and we get started again. Fast forward to now, we have a long road trip coming up from Alabama to Florida. So we did all of our research to make sure that we could help him combat this, you know, car sickness and hopefully not have any incidents. We did all of the things that everybody told us to do. You know, I polled my followers. I took some of their advice. We had all of the medicine. We used the peppermint oil. I had him little individual peppermint oils to smell in the car. (laughs) Ginger shots. You know, we left like really, really early so that he would hopefully sleep through most of the ride. And for the most part, it worked. 
we made it to Florida. It was pretty uneventful. He felt nauseous a few times, but he never had to, you know, like throw up or anything. So we were really excited that all of these tips worked. Coming back, we were like, okay, everything worked. We did have to make a few extra stops because he was nauseous. And even though he didn't really get sick, we wanted to kind of get rid of, you know, those extra stops. So there was one tip that we had not taken, which was to move his car seat to the middle. We read that if you move the car seat to the middle, you know, that will eliminate the car sickness. So we got the bright idea. Okay, let's move the car seat to the middle on the way back from Florida. Well, literally, we get started and I think we have been driving for maybe 15 or 20 minutes and he's like, I feel sick. So we pull over. Everything's cool. This happens at least, you know, three more times within the first hour of us leaving. He ends up really, really sick this whole, you know, whole way back. We look it up again and we learn that you're not supposed to move the car seat to the middle if you're riding in a minivan, which we were riding in a minivan. It's only if you're going to put the child on the second row. So on the third row, it actually makes it worse. Oh, no. (laughs) So the triumph was that going, we made it. It was uneventful. The fail was that we moved the car seat thinking that we were going to really be triumphant in it. And we felt horribly because he was sick the whole way back. So, people, please don't move your car seat to the middle if you're in a minivan. <laughs> oh, gosh. I can so oh, relate no. to this. Managing managing the car sickness and then you don't know what to try. And it's like, uh. Well, now you know, though. You won't try that again. No, never. <laughs> There's nothing worse than the feeling of making things worse while you were trying to make them better. It's yes. one thing for things to just get worse. But when it's like, I did this. It was horrible. <laughs> well, that is a legendary one. Thank you. That's that's chef's kiss. That's the type of fail we like to hear around here. I have a. It's just a fail. I, I want to try to 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 make it clean it up. I can't. It's just a fail. But it was a fail that I was entertained by. So on Sunday, I was driving Naima to her dad's house, and I was playing some music. And then I hear this weird sound. And so I'm trying to turn the music down. And then I realize it's something going on outside the car. There's like a a woman on the corner with a, you know, a speaker and a microphone. And she's like rapping or something. But then I hear something even stranger. It's almost as if the voice of a 35-year-old woman comes from the back of my car and says, what the hell is she doing? And I turned around and looked at her and she was going, oh, it just, you know, it just slipped out. (laughs) And I said, let me tell you something, Naima. I had to kind of pull over for a second. I was like, I'm not mad at you and I'm not going to yell at you. I want you to know that I know that that was the what the hell of a woman who said what the hell before. This was not your first rodeo. That phrase felt very comfortable in your mouth. It knew where everything was. If this is your internal monologue, like if this is how you talk to you, I just need you to remember that when the rest of us hear it, it could, you know, there could be some consequences. I said, I just can't believe I said it kind of the way I said it to you all. And so she's laughing. She can't help. Like she's dying. And I'm trying not to, because I'm just, I'm like, Wow, you know, she's like, mommy, please. It's so funny, it hurts. <gasps> like she's literally, she's in the back of the car dying laughing. And I'm just roasting. I'm just like, I just can't, where, where is she? Wow, Naima, you know, and like, 
And I'm being honest, you know, but she like could not. She was like, this is just the funniest thing that has ever happened. And so like, it kind of was funny, you know, <laughs> like, and so, so when we got to her dad's house. I didn't want to, you know, try to have the laugh with him because I knew that wasn't really, you know, that wouldn't have been appropriate. I was like, who can we call so they could laugh too before we got the car? And so I called my mom. She was like, don't tell grandma she's not going to laugh. And I was like, she is. And so she's like, she's not. And so... You know, grandma did not laugh. And I was uh, I was like, well, we got to go. We got to call one of my ratchet friends because we wanted to laugh about this with somebody. And so we called my homegirl, Tarnisha. Shout out to Tarnisha because she did laugh. Um, so, yeah, I guess the fail was that I uh, was so delighted by my daughter blurting out what the hell. It's some sh-. But I, I was just like, this grown woman is minding her grown woman business. And you have the audacity to put this question of all questions to her as if you're talking, you came to her woman to woman and asked her what the hell was she doing? You know, and she's like, oh, please stop. I'm going to pee on myself. So anyway, um, I'm the worst. That is the fail. You know, I think if anything, the fail is that you believed your mother would laugh and she continues to know your mom better <laughs> than you do. Well, you know, what I did not know is that she had called my mom the other day Well, when they last spoke. So Naima got in trouble for cursing at her dad's house. And so, like, it was a real curse word that time, though. And I'm like, Mom, hell doesn't. I mean, it's not OK, but come on, it's hell, you know. She's like, well, she's going to graduate to a fucking bitch. I'm like, no, she already said those things. We've already been through these. Remember? I think you're forgetting. We we, we've have, we have some experience here. Um, but she had promised my mother she would not curse again. So that was a specific conversation they had. So when I called my mom today, she was like, I couldn't laugh because I told her. I was like, that, you're, come on. You know, like, I can never get her on the same parenting moment. Like, when I'm trying to be indulgent, she's one, now she wants to be a disciplinarian. I'm like, Grandma, really? Because usually... Right, Grandma, like, like, she doesn't have to do the work. That was fun, at least. Naima continues to give you a run for your money, Jamila. I live on my toes. I, I have a suspicion that won't change. I think it's only going to get more so. Well, before we get into our listener questions, let's do some business. Slate Podcast listeners, help us make a better Slate by answering our survey. It'll only take a few minutes and you can find it at slate.com backslash survey. In case you missed it, uh, my new Slate Live show, Wild and Wise, debuted yesterday. I am hosting it with my best friend, William Bryant Miles, and we are talking race, sex, identity, and modern life with which wisdom and, most importantly, the range to go beyond superficial conversations and toward a better understanding of the proverbial both and. I know that sounds like a very complicated description. It is going to be a fun talk show. We are airing every other Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, which means you've missed it for this week, but you can catch the first episode right now. It's Well, not right now. After you finish listening to Mom and Dad are Fighting, of course, you can then go to Slate's Facebook or YouTube pages and search Wild and Wise. Lots of fun. Today in Slate Plus, we're going to be talking with Zenobia about why getting outdoors with your kids is so good for them, so good for you, and probably a lot easier than you imagine. You'll definitely want to tune in, and here's a little bit of what you'll hear if you have Slate Plus. I cannot stand when the boys get dirty and muddy. And as much as we spend, as much time as we spend outdoors, yeah. I know it sounds crazy because we're outdoors all the time. I cringe. I'm like, oh my Lord. So I'm getting better with them getting dirty, but they visit, they get dirty. And I don't like that part of it. I just want to kind of be out yeah. there and observe from, you know, a distance. I don't need to touch it. 
To hear segments like that and to get ad-free podcasts, sign up for Slate Plus. Slate Plus members get benefits like zero ads on any Slate podcast, bonus episodes of shows like Slow Burn and Dear Prudence, and you'll be supporting the work we do right here on Mom and Dad are Fighting. Thank you very much. It's only $1 for the first month. Go to slate.com backslash Plus to sign up now. Also, if you want to be notified about all things Slate Parenting, you need to sign up for Slate's parenting newsletter. Besides getting all of Slate's great parenting content in one place, including Mom and Dad are Fighting, Ask a Teacher, Care and Feeding, and so much more, it's also just a fun story from Dan directly to your inbox each week. So sign up for that too at slate.com backslash parenting email. Finally, if you want to connect with other parents, join our parenting group on Facebook. It's super active and moderated. I make an appearance every six to eight weeks. And if anyone is a jerk, we kick them out. So you don't have to worry about any trolling. It's a safe-ish space. Just search for Slate Parenting on Facebook. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right. So let's hear our first listener question for the week. And it's being read, as always, by the fabulous Shasha Leonard. Do you have any advice for supporting my 12-year-old through her extreme Sunday night blues? It could be due to her hybrid in-school classes on Monday and Tuesday mornings. But... It could also be hormonal. We are trying to address all of the issues as well as trying therapy, but we're happy to have some additional advice. It's really hard to see her suffer each weekend. Okay, so Zenobia, I want you to take this one first, but have an antidote. I don't think that you and I have ever talked about this. So Zenobia and I are the same age, and growing up, my dad and her mom were together, so they were all living together. We went to different high schools, but same age, same grade, same report card day. And I feel like there were a few occasions in which I was my mother's only child. Zenobia has uh, two siblings. And so even though they were older, it was just easier for me to hide certain things that were going on around school from my mother than it was from my father because he was always going to find out when report card day was because Zenobia had really good grades. <laughs> and so I'm curious to know because I deeply relate to this uh, letter writer's child. I think my Sunday night blues started when I was around third or fourth grade, where I went from this kind of like, okay, cool, you know, school's a thing that I like to like, oh, no, not this yet. So I'm curious to know what advice you have. But also, did you have the Sunday night blues when you were getting those good ass grades? <laughs> And there was one year in particular where I was like, oh, no, we not talking, you know. And I was like, my mom was like, when did, aren't the report cards coming out soon? I'm like, yeah, I think they said next week. My dad came to the crib that night. Like, uh, 
young lady. <laughs> I was, but I like, I still remember that doorbell ringing. Like, what? You know? Like, <laughs> I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Um, no, I did not um, have Sunday Night Blues, <laughs> so I, I'm sorry about that. So I, you know, I'm a big believer in just kind of changing things up. And while her Sunday Night Blues could be related to many different things, I think that if you maybe take some time to change the routine, like the weekend routine, and see how that affects her. So for instance, you know, especially right now, living through this pandemic and kids aren't able to see their friends regularly. And even if they do, they may come home and, you know, they're still kind of stuck indoors when they get there. Like, Take some time and figure out a new way to just kind of engage with her over the weekend and see how that affects her come Sunday evening. My kids, well, they haven't had like the Sunday night blues. My oldest son, he did experience like just what I call like a heaviness. And it would come on Wednesdays during the week, kind of like that slump that we get in as adults going to work, like that Wednesday slump. And I knew that in order to kind of help him get through the rest of the school week, we needed to do things different. So I started walking to his school to pick him up so that he could just kind of clear his mind, right? And he didn't really want to do it, but like he would have an attitude about it. He would be really upset that I walked to pick him up, but halfway home, his whole complete attitude would literally change and he would also end up thanking me. Like, thank you, mommy, for coming to walk and pick me up. I feel so much better. So it's just, you know... A routine change. And I mean, it may not solve everything, but kind of look into what you can do to just change up that routine and see how she, you know, does with that. What do you guys think? I love that. Um, And I had kind of come up with some ideas sort of on the same line that maybe sitting down and trying to plan out, like, what is it about Sunday night? Is it that all of a sudden you have all this schoolwork that has to be done that was put off? Is it that something is going on at school and returning to school is not a, you know, happy solution? And maybe in kind of under the guise of planning out how to have a better Sunday, you can get to the root of the problem. But maybe it's good for the family. Like if it's schoolwork, I was thinking like, it's not fun to do your schoolwork on Friday or Saturday, but maybe setting some of that time aside as a family, like this is the time where we get those tasks done so that none of that is done on Sunday. Or that like every Sunday evening is a family date. And whether that's a, like we all go for a walk or we all go, we play a game night or something like that. Just just coming up with something so that Sunday or even maybe Monday morning is like a special breakfast or something just to make doing something that you don't really want to do seem a little better. I did want to say too that I think even if you didn't have the Sunday night blues as a child or you don't have them now, like we've all had this. There are all things we don't look forward to doing. And so thinking about the ways like how do you make that better (laughs) for yourself and can you then apply that to your child? Like, so can you incentivize your child to have a better day? Um, and I think also just letting this kid know, like, it's okay to not be excited about school, but what can we do so that there's something to be excited about on Monday? And maybe that is like on Mondays, you walk to school and and pick them up. And I would imagine too, that gives them more time to like process and think about things and also talk to you like any time you can have to have that connection. Did you get through your um, Sunday night blues or you just forget it? <laughs> barely. Um, barely. Well, I will say, I think the highlight of my Sunday nights was the Fox TV lineup. But uh, that was really the, the only thing that I could think of that I really looked forward to on Sunday nights. Um, I, I love all of that. Sundays 
as a day kind of sucked. It was laundry day, you know, like it oftentimes felt like it was the day where like the stuff that had to be done was getting done, you know, so not just a day of rest and play. As I got older, you know, maybe when I was younger, we were doing museums and stuff on Sundays as I got a little bit older, you know, more homework, et cetera. So like not saving all that stuff for Sunday, like doing as little, you know, labor um, on Sundays as possible. So room cleaning taking place on Saturday or even on Thursday, you know, like house chores and school projects, like, you know, uh, avoiding things that are unpleasant on Sundays, creating special rituals, like Zenobia said, like having new routines. Like if there's something that I'm looking forward to every Sunday, Sunday just feels different. So maybe that is the day that you all are going to, you know, when things are opened up again, that's the day that you all are going to a museum or to the mall. It doesn't have to become a, a, a money ritual where every week you have to spend a lot of money on dinner or more money than you typically would. But, you know, what's a meal that she would be into? Is it that your child likes to cook or that they would just really like to just have a pizza order and you're going to Little Caesars and getting a hot and ready every, you know, Sunday night? Just something that is worth looking forward to. And and also surrounding Monday in that same energy, because I think that that is as important as making Sunday better. So because in that way, the Sunday dread won't really go away until Monday feels better. Right. It's like, what can you do to make that moment not feel so jarring? So if it's, you know, the special breakfast, if it's is there a way that she can sleep a little longer on Mondays than she does other days? Like, is there some, you know, something that you can do, like maybe a bath before bed and laying out your clothes so you get an extra 30 minutes to sleep in? Like, is it um, a privilege or something, you know, extra screen time? Like, what can you do that makes Monday feel like? If not something to look forward to, like a soft start to the week. I think that for most kids, it's just a hard start. And because she's on this hybrid learning model, it, it's more challenging, you know, because it, it's the difference between what the rest of the week will look like in these two days, which are going to be the most dreaded, even if they were not the in-person days. So, and you did mention hormonal. So there is the possibility that uh, things are going to be happening soon. So I would just, you know friendly reminder to make sure that she has her supplies in her backpack because if Monday was not bad enough <laughs> to start your period at school unprepared on you know the two the only two days out of the week you have to be there <laughs> um would probably not be a very good memory but a very memorable one so you know give her a little pouch with a clean pair of undies um some wipes and some sanitary napkins i said sanitary napkins because i'm 65 years old <laughs> thank you all so much uh for your letter and keep us posted if you have a question for us fellow listeners please send an email to mom and dad at or you can do what this listener did and post it to the slate parenting facebook group now let's get into our second listener question for the week, again being read by the lovely Shasha Leonard. Can you all talk about positive sibling relationships when there's kids with a bigger age gap? If I manage to conceive, I'll have a six-year age gap between my two kids. I'm worried they won't care for each other, or be that close. I had a large age gap between my siblings, and we were not close as kids. Though we did get better as adults. Thanks. We get a lot of questions about like family planning. And the first thing I always want to say is like, don't make your family planning decision on this alone because you have no idea. We are going to give advice and I'm five years different from my sister. And then I have all my kids kind of in a, like they're all about two years from each other. There are 
like good things and bad things and personalities come into play. And none of that is stuff that you can control. So I just feel like if you think that you want another child, it's okay to have another child, even if like this is going to be the tricky part. But I guarantee you, because you've thought this is going to be the tricky part, it's going to be something else. So with all that in mind, my friends that have larger age gaps have enjoyed kind of being able to enjoy their um, new baby with the older sibling in a way that when you are managing the chaos of little ones all together that you can't, that you have this kind of partner. Now, obviously, you're the parent and they're still the child, but being able to have them be part of taking care of this baby and that bonds something. I notice even within my three, Henry the oldest and Teddy are a really good match. Like they play very well together a lot of the time because he's kind of able to understand like, hey, this is a kid that's four years younger than me. It's okay if he just knocks over the blocks. Whereas closer in age, that is a problem. So While when they're closer in age, you have the ability to kind of all be in the same stage of things, when they're further apart, you do have this option to kind of have this helper. So I think in terms of if there are things that you can do as a parent that may encourage that kind of bonding between these age gap siblings, but also like you're you might not be in control of that. You could have siblings that are very personality-wise the same. You could also have ones that are personality-wise, you know, very different. And my sister and I, who are, um, like I said, five years apart in age, we have gone through periods of being very close and gone through periods of kind of living separate lives and in adulthood have been relatively close, which, you know, again, times when we call each other all the time, times when it's like we don't speak as often. So I think there's lots of benefits. I don't know. Looking at it from a mom with kids really close, it seems like, yes, wait, (laughs) wait for the chaos to be over. I don't know. Zenobia, you're in kind of the same boat as me. Yeah. So my oldest, he is actually six years older than, you know, my youngest. And the relationship has actually been great. He can help me, number one, which is always good because my hands are literally always full. But, you know, he teaches him things. He plays with him. And he's really always just been eager to help take care of him in a way that he doesn't for his middle (laughs) sibling. (laughs) You know, the arguing, the fussing and fighting doesn't occur between that age group the way that it does with those, you know, the oldest in the middle. So I think just kind of being open-minded and having an environment where they are able to just kind of form their own relationship, whatever that means, be okay with that. Um, I also have a sibling that is 12 years older than me. And I know that, you know, he was able to step in for my parents when they weren't available for like field trips and things like that. So just being aware that, you know, like you said, there's benefits to the age gap. They can help in ways that you may not be able to even imagine right now and do things that can really just make, you know, that whole parenting journey a little bit easier at different times. Listen, Naima is going to be eight next month and I'm single with no serious prospects. So if I do have another child, there's a good chance that she's going to be at least 10 when that happens, you know, and and so this is something I've given a lot of thought to. I have siblings that are six and nine years older than I am. Um, I'm actually closest to the one who is nine years older. You know, they are very much my sisters. And now that everybody's super grown when the three of us are, you know, like when we're together, like, I am clearly the baby. And Zenobia, I'm sure you can relate. You know you're the baby, but like we're old enough where we can argue back and we can, Mm -hmm. you know, fuss and we have an opinion. And I have loved having, you know, another, like Zenobia said, like having somebody else. Like we, like I didn't have any experiences with them going on like field trips on my behalf, but there were just times where like I needed to talk to an adult, you know, or I needed to talk to somebody, you know, who was, if not an authority figure to me, like 
a voice of reason and maturity and maybe didn't want to go to my parents and I was able to go to them. So like I, I had somebody to advocate for me with my parents, you know, like somebody being like, you're being unfair, dad, you're being, you know, like that was super helpful at times. It's just a different kind of love. But I, I think if, if it's one that you are able to provide and if that's what you so desire, I, I'm sure you will be fine. As Elizabeth said, you're hung up on this thing, which means there's going to be something very different uh, going on with the two of them. But it's not as uncommon as I think it once was because I would wager that there's going to be like a pandemic gap. Like there, there may be some age gap between siblings. I, I think a lot of people are putting their parenting decisions um, kind of on hold temporarily. So all that to say your, you know, a uh, six or seven year old may have a few other friends that are expecting siblings around the same time. Um, and they'll be able to do that together, too. I think, too, the pandemic, I don't know if you guys have noticed this with your kids, siblings, but like because we're spending more time as a family and without friends, they have become much more of a unit I think like when we were in the Netherlands, they kind of had their own groups of friends. I mean, Teddy was just a baby, but Henry certainly had a group of friends that he was with a lot and not necessarily always hanging out with Oliver and Teddy. And now um, one with the move and then with the pandemic, we they have been kind of like a group like they have to fill a lot of those needs. And that has brought them closer. And I think sometimes when we think about siblings that grow closer in age, it often feels like that's part of the reason, too, because all of a sudden you have aging parents or you have other things that you have only these other people, right, who can really understand this particular plight. And so, again, I just think you don't know what the world is going to hold. But I've just noticed that I think my kids are closer now, regardless of age, than they would have been without the pandemic. I don't know if you guys had noticed that. I definitely feel the same way. Um, although that comes with, at least for my household, a lot more fussing, fighting, and arguing, but they are still <laughs> much closer. <laughs> they're much closer than they were, you know, and they're learning to work together in a way that they would not have had we not had to change things up in this way. So my thing, you know, like kind of don't focus on it. Like I never thought much about the age difference in my kids. I just had them <laughs> and, you know, we just made it work. <laughs> It'll work. It'll be fine. Honestly, yeah, I, I think Naima and her brother have definitely, I mean, they've got a very special bond between them. Um, and the amount of time they're spending together now is different than uh, the amount of time that they've spent together through most of their lives, minus the two months that they were here before I moved here. Yeah, I think siblings are just going to emerge from this different, you know, as everyone is, uh, having a different level of connection than they would have before. Um Okay, let a writer, we're saying go for it. If you want to go for it, uh, you know, they're going to love each other no matter what. Um, and there are kids that are very close in age that are not close. Vastly different personalities, any number of reasons. So, you know, you can't guarantee how your children are going to feel about each other. All you can do is raise them to try and love and respect one another and hope for the best. So we're hoping for the best for you. Thank you so much for your question and for supporting the show. And one more reminder, if you would like for us to weigh in on your conundrum, if you need us to tell you how many kids you should have, just send us an email to momanddad at slate.com or you can post it to the Slate Parenting Facebook group. Just search for Slate Parenting. All right, before we get out of here, let's do our recommendations. Elizabeth, what are you recommending for us this week? 
I am recommending getting a pocket microscope. We actually have two. And so depending on what you want, one is a um, like a little microscope. Ours is a Carson Microbrite pocket microscope. And um, that one doesn't run on any back. I mean, it's just like a little traditional microscope, but small pocket sized. The other one is a wireless digital microscope. So this one we can also carry with us is very small, but sends the image to the cell phone and has a little bit higher resolution. But we love these when exploring outside. And I feel like I actually hadn't done justice to bringing them with us and brought them with us um, on this last trip. And we were able to look at like the swamp water and even just like um, the fabric of different things and our fingerprints and just all these cool leaves, all this stuff. And the kids were just in wonder. It's like we've seen pictures of close-up things, but the ability to take this out and not have to like prepare a slide, to be able just to look at things close up and kind of see how the world is made, um, I think was really cool and, and, and fun for me. I mean, I think Jeff and I were also like, let's try this. What else can we look at with this? But the kids were so amazed too. And any idea was a good idea, right? Like, let's put a rock under this. Let's put this thing we found in the car because it's pouring rain under this. Like, all of that was fun. So um, I think adding a microscope to any outdoor adventure, and you can do that no matter where you are, city, country, wherever, um, there's plenty of things to look at. So pick up a pocket microscope. There's a bunch of options. We like either the little pocket microscopes or the wireless digital microscope. Love that. Thank you, Elizabeth. What about you, Zenobia? What are you recommending? While my recommendation is probably a little boring, it's very much needed as we are in the cold winter months. And my recommendation is veiny cream moisturizing cream. And this is because all of my boys suffer from a mild version of eczema. And I actually developed it, you know, after my last pregnancy. And during the winter, our skin gets horrible. Like my hand will actually kind of get cracked a little bit. And we had gone through like several different moisturizers, lots of shea butter, all the, you know, African oils and things that are recommended to keep your skin nice and moisturized. Finally, we spoke to my kid's pediatrician and he recommended veiny cream and it's literally changed our life and our skin. So I know a lot of parents have children that suffer from eczema and, you know, maybe looking for something that can really help. I think that this is like probably one of the best products out there that don't really get a lot of publicity. And it's really good too, because if they need something a little stronger, you're able to take it to a compound pharmacy where they can mix in different, um, you know, medicines into this cream to make it even better. So veiny cream, make sure you get the moisturizing cream, not the lotion. The lotion won't do it. It has to be the one in the jar. Thank you. I'm going to be looking that up myself because my skin also uh, feels mildly uh, eczema-ish and dry and gross during this time of year. So thank you for that. Uh, I am recommending truffle butter, specifically uh, Urbani truffle butter, which they sell at Costco. It doesn't have to be that brand. That is the one that I've been using and I love. But if truffles aren't your thing, there are lots of great butters out there that have garlic or uh, cinnamon sugar. I, I know it's a new selection of them in the store the other day which is great because i'm trying to cut back on butter i'm like oh no i need more flavored butters but yes if you're cooking vegetables on a regular basis you're cooking lean cuts of fish and chicken and you're using butter uh switch it up with the flavored butter <sighs> groundbreaking stuff here our mom and dad are fighting i say I anything to make cooking easier seriously let the people at the butter company do the work of cooking for you let them figure out what the food should taste like on that note, thank you all so much for listening to Mom and Dad Are Fighting. 
we've loved having you here. And Zenobia, thank you so much for joining us this week. It's been truly a delight to see your face and to have you on the show. Thank you. You are welcome anytime. Um, Dan likes to go on vacation all the time. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> listeners, if you would like for us to consider your parenting conundrums one more time, send us an email to momanddadarefighting at slate.com or leave us a question in the Slate Parenting Facebook group. Also, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. We are there. It helps us out and you'll never miss an episode. And while you're subscribing, we would really love it if you took a moment to rate and review the show. Very, very helpful, folks. Keep us on the air. Mom and Dad are Fighting is produced by Rosemary Belson. For Elizabeth Newcamp and Zenobia Stevens, I'm Jamila Lemieux. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.